Hello and welcome to the Muskegon Community Education Center's Student Podcasts. These podcasts are made possible via a community service partnership between the Muskegon County Community Foundation, the Muskegon Community Education Center, and WGBU Public Media, and feature students from the Muskegon Community Education Center. Hi, my name is Zayden Bevins, and I'm here with... Tony Williams. What was school like for you? Very interesting question for the simple reason that uh, I spent my whole life in Muskegon Public Schools, right? Started Mm -hmm. out at Preble School. It was actually probably 50-50 as far as uh, white and uh, African-American students. Really? So, and I have friends now that we, you know, from grade school through high school through college, what have you, that we're still here in the Muskegon area. And to be perfectly honest, from kindergarten, which I actually remember, I had friends of a different color, right? Mm -hmm. But it never dawned on me that, we had such a segregated society. Yeah. At that time, it was not as prevalent as it is today. Sounds weird, but the community that I grew up in, it was uh, a mixed uh, community. How were you influenced by the civil rights movement? Well, Muskegon, at that time, I would say was somewhat isolated from the national movement of civil rights. And, of course, back in the 50s, Mm-hmm. When I grew up, uh, we didn't have the exposure of media like we do today that could show a lot of the events that people were experiencing in the South, major cities in the U.S. where um, that civil rights movement gained traction. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, it wasn't such a a, um, a real traumatic experience. Right. Because we never really had in my opinion, the the racial type of um, violence in the Muskegon area. It may have been, but in my community, it, it wasn't prevalent at all. How was your community segregated during the civil rights movement, and if so, how? Okay, when I started out in, in kindergarten um, in the 60s, early 60s, it wasn't really segregated at that point because, like I say, there was a lot of mixture. And right. as I moved through high school, that mixture pretty much remain constant, hmm. but I've definitely seen the the change in the dynamics of the percentages of black and white. But even at Muskegon High School, when I graduated in 73, it was still a pretty balanced mix of uh, racial diversity oh. at Muskegon. Um, not until the real late 70s, early 80s, did it become you know, a predominantly African-American type of a school district. Really? Um, what was the most memorable event during the civil rights movement that affects you today? Well, I would have to say it was the assassination of Martin Luther King. Starting to follow the message that his platform presented, and again, a lot of it that he did took place in the South. Yeah. Uh, the boycott of the buses, mm-hmm. the garbage pickup, um, and again, not as prevalent in, in the North, but that, to me, raised my awareness around politics, the civil rights movement, the fight for equality. And the interesting thing about that era was Martin Luther King basically had this nonviolent approach to change. Mm-hmm. But also, in the background, there were other factions at work such as the Black Panthers. And, of course, they were deemed as a more 
militant type of an organization. But yet, if you really dig into the Black Panthers ideology, you know, they did a lot of good things that helped the community. I mean, they were one of the first groups that started feeding children. Oh, right? wow. It wasn't the federal government. Mm-hmm. And some of the areas where they were more prevalent, they actually started the uh, breakfast programs for kids, trying to get kids, you know, an opportunity for uh, education. And for some reason, it, it moved over into the side of violence. And wow. you also had another faction at work, which was the Nation of Islam. Okay. And so those those three were influenced on the black community in one way or another. And, you know, depending on how the individual processed the information from each one, kind of determine where they went as yeah, far how as... they acted off of it. Absolutely. Totally. What would you like our generation to know about the civil rights movement? For me, based on what is happening today in this country, the civil rights movement major impact was voting rights. And unfortunately, you know, we are still fighting this battle of leveling the playing field for people to have the right to vote. Yes. And it is somewhat disturbing to see what is happening in the country today where there are certain political groups that feel there are certain individuals that does not, they don't have the right to vote. And I think that is something that we really need to address moving forward as a society in order to really make politics a part of the fabric of America, in, in which it is. But we, ne- we need to make sure that everybody has a right to vote. Yes. Because through the right to vote, you'll change a lot of other things as far as how the government is, is perceived by the public. Even in a constitution where it states all men are created equal, mm-hmm. right? And if that's the case then everybody should have that right to vote mm-hmm. in whichever format is deemed appropriate. And I think the biggest challenge is for us to understand that absentee mail-in voting is a thing that's going to be a part of this country for a long time to come. And I think the pandemic brought that to the forefront. So it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a tough battle. Mm-hmm. But I think the civil rights movement gives us the momentum to make it happen, to make that change. So that's what I see as far as the civil rights movement prevalent today. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Well, a couple of things I want to bring up before I move on. When you're talking about the civil rights movement, and a lot of times it kind of equates to how you're treated in society, right? Civil rights says, okay, I can go sit at a lunch counter and eat. I can go into a different restaurant and sit down and have dinner. Right. Before it was segregation where mm-hmm. you had the whites and the blacks. Only a certain people can go here and then you have certain others that are right here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean it was like the Jim Crow law. And I had a situation I had graduated from college and I was working in Detroit and I was doing what they call uh, consulting work for a lot of uh, medical facilities. Mm-hmm. Back in that time they didn't have centralized billing. So my company would go out and get the accounts to take care and manage certain uh, medical facilities, billings, that kind of thing. And I called the lady one day and asked for an appointment. She granted me the appointment. And when I showed up, she says, uh, if I'd known that you were black, I would not have given you this appointment. Wow. That, like, struck a chord, right? Can't imagine what's going through your head at that point. Yeah. So evidently, she didn't realize that over the phone. Right. As it turned out, we developed a relationship that lasted until she passed away. Oh, wow. 
I think it changed her view about black people. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to show her that the narrative was not always correct right. around black people. And, and to add to this story, the company that I went to work for told me, the, the owner of the company told me, says, I have never hired a black person before. I don't know how this is going to work out. Yeah. And one of the things that I think impressed them so much is that I had a I had a job interview and unfortunately my car broke down and I was on the uh, northwest side of Detroit and the interview was on the east side. So my car broke down. You know, I don't have any money. Just fresh got out of college. So I got on my bike and I rode across Detroit Wow. to this job interview in the rain. So when I showed up, it was like, wow, you know, they probably would have turned me away at the door if everything had been as planned, right? I right. drive up, I get out, they see who I look like, yep. and then they say, okay, the job's filled. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out like that. So, make a long story short, when I came into that company as a unknown, when I left, I was a top producer in that company. That's amazing. In an era where the deck was stacked against me. Yeah. Through pure, uh, the ability to, to, to move forward and not let obstacles get in my way made a difference. And I would hope that that process change their minds about people that look like me as well their perspective and how they look on you know what that's right believe. you know give give everybody an equal opportunity to be successful oh yeah and then uh i also again re- recently well it wasn't recently it was probably about 15 years ago because uh, i have my securities license as a stockbroker mm-hmm. had an interview in detroit i mean not it was in grand rapids at a company and again everything was done online on the phone and when I showed up for the interview, they realized that I was black mm-hmm. and never gave me the interview. Wow. And this has been, you know, this was like 10 years after that first episode. Right. So there are still people out there that have this mindset of mindset mm-hmm. of we're not going to do business with you because of the way you look. Mm-hmm. Those are probably some of the two most memorable experiences that I had when it comes to equal rights. Mm-hmm. So. Again, I never let that get in my way. I never let that be an excuse for not trying to be Use successful. Use as an example instead of an excuse. As a motivator. Wow. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I would implore any young person that is listening to this today is that when you do encounter those situations, you have to move forward. You can't take it as a uh, a mark against you. Mm-hmm. You just have to take that and go forward. So Yeah. yeah. But I do feel like today in the Muskegon School District, it's probably some individuals still have that same kind of a mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, that needs to change. And the way it changes is we have to make sure that those people are held accountable for their actions when we see that yeah. that happen. Mm-hmm. So you got anything else for me, Jay? Uh, no, I think I should do it. Okay. All right. Thank you for sharing this with me. Yeah, it's my pleasure being here, Jaden, and wish you nothing but the best in the future. Thank you very much. This podcast was produced by students from the Muskegon Community Education Center. The Muskegon Community Education Center is an alternative high school designed to prevent high school dropout through the use of unique traditional and non-traditional learning programs. MCEC is an essential step to earning a high school diploma, identifying a career path, and or transitioning into college. MCEC provides a place where education is magnified using a collaborating community. The podcasts on this webpage are the work of a network of MCEC student journalists. The Muskegon Community Education Center's student podcast can be heard on wgbu.org slash MCEC.